Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given throughout the area. Today's show features Father Nicholas Mancini, a priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, and his series entitled Blessed John the 23rd, a biography of the man. And now, Father Nicholas Mancini. Welcome back to our series on Blessed John the 23rd, the Pope who changed the course of church history. I am Father Nicholas Mancini, and we welcome you back as we look at now the opening speech of this good Pope John the Twenty-Third as he convened the Second Vatican Council. We were looking at this dramatic way and effectiveness of Blessed John the Twenty-Third. And on October the 11th, 1962, Pope John the Twenty-Third addressed the Church Fathers in this way. Mother Church rejoices that by the singular gift of divine providence, the longed-for day has finally dawned when under the auspices of the Virgin Mother of God, whose maternal dignity is commemorated on this feast, the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council is being solemnly opened here beside St. Peter's tomb. The ecumenical councils of the church, the councils of both, the 20 ecumenical ones and the numberless others, also important, of a providential and regional character, which have been held down through the years, all prove clearly the vigor of the Catholic Church and are recorded in the shining lights in her annuals. In calling this vast assembly of bishops the latest and humble successor of the Prince of the Apostles, who is addressing you, intended to assert once again the magisterium teaching authority, which is unfailing and endures until the end of time in order that this magisterium, taking into account the errors, the requirements, and the opportunities of our time, might be presented in exceptional form to all men throughout the world. It is but natural that in opening this universal council, we should like to look to the past and listen to its voices whose echo we like to hear in the memories and the merits of the more recent and ancient pontiffs, our predecessors. These are solemn and venerable voices throughout the East and the West. From the 4th century to the Middle Ages, and from there to modern times, We have handed down their witness to these councils. They are voices which proclaim in fervor the triumph of that divine and human institution, 
the Church of Christ, which from Jesus takes its name, its grace, and its meaning. Side by side with these motives for spiritual joy, however, there has been also for more than 19 centuries a cloud of sorrows and of trials. Not without reason did the ancient Simeon announce to Mary, the mother of Jesus, that prophecy which has been and still is true. Behold, this child is set for the fall and the resurrection of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be contradicted. And Jesus himself, when he grew up, clearly outlined the manner in which the world would treat his person down through the succeeding centuries with the mysterious words, He who hears you, hears me. And with those others that the same evangelist relates, He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. The great problem confronting the world after almost 2,000 years remains unchanged. Christ is ever resplendent as the center of history and of life. Men are either with him and his church, and then they enjoy light, goodness, order, and peace or else they are without him, or against him, and deliberately oppose his church. And then they give rise to confusion, to bitterness in human relations, and to the constant danger of war. Ecumenical councils, whenever they are assembled, are a solemn celebration of the union of Christ and His Church, and hence lead to the universal radiation of truth, to the proper guidance of individuals in domestic and social life, to the strengthening of spiritual energies, for that uplift toward real and everlasting goodness. The testimony of this extraordinary magisterium of the Church in the succeeding epochs of these twenty centuries of Christian history stands before us, collected in numerous and imposing volumes, which are the sacred patrimony of ecclesiastical archives here in Rome and in more noted libraries of the entire world. The origin and reason for the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council as regards the initiative for great event which gathers us here, it will suffice to repeat as historical documentation our personal account of the first sudden bringing up in our heart and lips of the simple words, Ecumenical Council. 
We uttered those words in the presence of the Sacred College of Cardinals so that memorial can be made in terms of January 25th, 1959, the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul in the Basilica dedicated to him. It was completely unexpected, like a flash of heavenly light, shedding sweetness in eyes and hearts. And at the same time, it gave rise to a great fervor throughout the world in expiation of the holding of the council. They have elapsed three years of laborious preparation, during which a wide and profound examination was made regarding modern conditions of faith, religious practice, and of Christian and especially Catholic vitality. These years have seemed to us a first sign, an initial gift of celestial grace. Illuminated by the light of this council, the church, we confidently trust, will become greater in spiritual riches, gaining the strength of new energies therefrom. She will look to the future without fear. In fact, by bringing herself up to date where required, and by the wise organization of mutual cooperation, the Church will make men, families, and peoples really turn their minds to heavenly things. And thus the holding of the Council becomes a motive for wholehearted thanksgiving to the giver of every good gift in order to celebrate with joyous tentacles, the glory of Christ our Lord, the glories and immortal King of ages and of people. The opportunities of holding the council is, moreover, venerable brothers, another subject which it is useful to propose for your consideration, namely, in order to render our joy more completely, we wish to narrate before this great assembly our assessment of the happy circumstances under which the Ecumenical Council commences. In the daily exercise of our pastoral office, we sometimes have to listen much to our regret to voices of persons who, through burning with zeal, are not endowed with too much sense of discretion or measure. In these modern times, they can see nothing but ruin. They say that our era, in comparison with past eras, is getting worse. And they behave as though they had learned nothing from history, which is, nonetheless, the teacher of life. They behave as though at time of former councils everything was a full triumph for the Christian idea and life and for proper 
religious liberty. We feel we must disagree with those prophets of gloom who are always forecasting disaster as though the end of the world were at hand. In the present order of things, divine providence is leading us to a new order of human relations which by men's own efforts and even beyond their very expectations are directed toward the fulfillment of God's superior and inscrutable design. And everything, even human differences, leads to the greater good of the church. It is easy to discern this reality if we consider attentively the world of today which is so busy with politics and controversies in the economic order that it does not find time to attend to the care of spiritual reality with which the church's magisterium is concerned. Such a way of acting is certainly not right and must justly be disapproved. It cannot be denied, however, that these new conditions of modern life have at least the advantage of having eliminated those innumerable obstacles by which at one time the sons of this world impeded the free action of the church. In fact, it suffices to leaf even curiosities through the pages of ecclesiastical history to know clearly how the ecumenical councils themselves, while constituting a series of true glories for the Catholic Church, were often held to the accompaniment of most serious difficulties and sufferings because of the undue indifference of civil authorities. The princes of this world, indeed, sometimes in all sincerity, intended thus to protect the church. But more frequently this occurred not without spiritual damage and danger, since their interest therein was guided by the views of a selfish policy. When we come back, we will continue with Pope John XXIII's opening speech as he convened the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Right now, across the globe, there are millions of refugees, people living outside their home country because of political turmoil, natural disaster, or other circumstances. Many of them have spent decades in refugee camps, making homes out of bamboo huts and tents. The people, poor but rich in their generous, loving hearts, welcomed me inside their humble homes. Even though they had next to nothing, these refugees didn't hesitate to make me feel at home. In our own lives, may we welcome the stranger and comfort the oppressed. 
It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family and mission. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio presents. Welcome back. As we continue with the opening speech of Pope John XXIII as he convened the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council. He continues in his opening remarks, In this regard, we confess to you that we feel most sorrow over the fact that very many bishops so dear to us and noticeably here today by their absence because they are imprisoned for their faithfulness to Christ or impeded by other restraints. The thought of them impels us to raise most fervent prayer to God. Nevertheless, we see today, not without great hope and to our immense consolation, that the Church, finally freed from so many obstacles of a profane nature, such as in her past, can from this Vatican Basilica, as if from a second apostolic cenacle, and through your voices raise her voice with majesty and greatness. The principal duty of the council, the defense and the advancement of truth. The greatest concern of the ecumenical council is this, that he sacred deposit of the Christian doctrine should be guarded and taught more effectively. That doctrine embraces the whole of man, composed as he is of body and soul. And since he is a pilgrim on this earth, it commands him to tend always toward heaven. This demonstrates how our mortal life is to be ordered in such a way as to fulfill our duties as citizens of earth and of heaven, and thus to attain the aim of life as established by God. That is, all men, whether taken singly or as united in society today, have the duty of tending ceasingly during their lifetime toward the attainment of heavenly things and to use for this purpose only the earthly goods, the employment of which must not produce their external happiness. For the Lord has said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice. The word first expresses the direction in which our thoughts and energies must move. We must not, however, 
neglect the other words of this exhortation of our Lord, namely, and all these things shall be given you beside. In reality, there always have been in the church, and there are still today, those who, while seeking the practice of evangelical perfection with all their might, do not fail to make themselves useful to society. Indeed, it, from their constant example of life and their charitable undertakings, that all that is highest and noblest in human society takes its strength and growth. In order, however, that this doctrine may influence the numerous fields of human activity with reverence to individuals, to families, and to social life, it is necessary, first of all, that the church should never depart from the sacred patrimony of truth received from the fathers. But at the same time, she must never, ever look to the present, to new conditions and new forms of life introduced into the modern world, which have opened new avenues to the Catholic apostolate. We must open these new avenues, and we must look at our apostolates in this modern world. For this reason, the Church has not watched the marvelous progress of discoveries of human genius and has not been backward in evaluating them rightly. But while following these developments, she does not neglect to admonish men so that over and above sense perceived things, they may raise their eyes to God, the source of all wisdom and all beauty. And may they never forget the most serious command, The Lord thy God shall thou worship, and him only shall you serve, so that it may happen that fleeting fascination of visible things should impede true progress. The manner in which sacred doctrine is spread, this having been established, it becomes clear how much is expected from the council in regard to doctrine. That is, the 21st Ecumenical Council which will draw upon the effective and the most wealth of juridical, liturgical, apostolic, and administrative experiences, wishes to transmit the doctrine pure, integral, without any distortion, which throughout 20 centuries, notwithstanding difficulties and contrasts, has become the common patrimony of men. It is a patrimony not well received by all, 
but always a rich treasure <coughs> available to men of goodwill. Next time, when we come back, we will continue with the opening speech of Blessed John the Twenty-Third as he convened the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council. May God bless you, and may he be with you always. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.